Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is going to be episode 31 of The Informed Catholic, episode 31. So if you like what I do, please subscribe and share, and uh, this will help the podcast, and I really would appreciate it. So let's begin with our opening prayer, an act of contrition, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. I'll say the uh, the Kiri, which means uh, Lord have mercy, Kiri Elysion, which is a Greek for Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy. I'll say it first in English, then I'll say it in uh, in the traditional Greek that we say at liturgy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Okay, so now we'll go to the Gloria. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone the Most High, Jesus Christ. With the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father, Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Okay, so uh, today's Tuesday, and uh, I like to do the readings for... Um, Tuesday of ordinary, um, third week of ordinary time, and we're still going to continue with the letter to the Hebrews. I got that right this time. Said a book of Hebrews, letter to the Hebrews. Behold, I will come to do your will, O God. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Since the law has only a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very image of them. It can never make perfect those who come to worship by the same sacrifice that they offer continually each year. Otherwise, would not the sacrifices have ceased to be offered, since the worshiper, once cleansed, would no longer have any conscious of sins. But... In those sacrifices only, there is only a yearly remembrance of sins. 
for it is impossible that the blood of bulls and goats take away sins. For this, for this reason, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offerings you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings you took no delight. Then I said, As is written of me in the scroll, Behold, I come to do your will, O God. First he says, Sacrifice and offerings burnt offerings and sin offerings you neither desired nor delighted in these are offered according to the law then he says behold i come to do your will he takes away the first to establish the second by this will we have been consecrated through the offerings of the body of jesus christ once and for all the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's read it one more time. Actually, I'm sorry. I didn't tell you the, uh, the chapter. It's Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1 to 10. Letter to the Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1 to 10. Behold, I come to do your will. Reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Since the law has only a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very image of them. It can never make perfect those who come to worship by the same sacrifices that they offer continually each year. Otherwise, would not the sacrifice have ceased to be offered? Since the worshipers, once cleansed, would no longer have any conscience of sins, but in those sacrifices only a yearly remembrance of sins, for it is impossible that the blood of bulls and goats take away sins. For this reason, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offerings you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings you took no delight. Then I said, As it is written of me in the scroll, Behold, I came, I come to do your will, O God. First, he says, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings. You neither desired nor delighted in. These are offered according to the law. Then he says, behold, I come to do your will. He takes away the first to establish the second. By this will we have been consecrated through the offerings of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Didn't I say the letter to Hebrews is very deep? In order to understand it, we have to go back to the Old Testament. <clears throat> um, I want to talk about something first. It, this is actually, I have to admit, the letter of Hebrews kind of hits home because um, just recently, unfortunately, um, I um, one of my uh, relatives um, on Instagram, <laughs> one of the social apps, I guess you could call it, um, I discovered, unfortunately, uh, someone hacked my relative's uh, 
Instagram account. And this um, was a private message, and I was a, I found it unusual. I guess I should have known better. I opened it, and uh, unfortunately, um, I uh, got a very uh, rather found my relatives part, but also since this person's related to me, it was very embarrassing. Uh, let's just say my relative is uh, was hooked to pornography. It was very sad. This person's way older than me, and um, I always looked at him like a, an older brother since I remember him growing up. You know, I looked at him like, you know, like a brother. And um, here I'm watching this person. I mean, I knew he had his little vices, you know, that he, uh, you know, like all of us, we all have our vices. We all have our little sinful, little, little dirty secrets. But this was way, um, let's just say it was um, morally uh, demoralizing. Um, it was very, very sad. It was very sad. Uh, unfortunately, then after, uh, I didn't say anything. Uh, I didn't know what was going on at the time. I didn't know that his account got hacked or someone stole his account, but someone obviously who, um, knew of his little, um, I guess you can say pornographic addictions um, knew about it and wanted to hurt him. Wanted to do to, to destroy his reputation. And uh, it went sooner it went around. He, he's a father. So his kids were going around telling people they must have seen it. A lot of people must have seen it at this time. Um, it was sad. It, it's sad. It is very sad. And one of the things that um, when you look at something like this, you see how uh, the letter to the Hebrews really hits home about sin. That relative that I'm talking about is Muslim. He, he, grew, you know, he's not a, he's not a Christian. And the problem is there, unfortunately, and I'm going to say this, is that <sighs> pornography is is an addictive, it's like a drug. It destroys the mind's judgment. Um, never mind whatever like <clears throat> other chemical effects it has on the person's mind. But it's, it's, you know, this is the thing that, that we see. Remember what I mentioned 
possibly happened. If we're going to look, if we're going to take the Bible literally, then we have to take the Bible literally. It doesn't tell, it is not going to go into details because I think if it goes into details, the message gets lost. According to the rabbinical traditions, interpretations about what happened in the days of Noah. Now, what exactly was the sin that caused Cain to want to murder his brother Abel? Was it possibly sexual? Maybe let's take it. Let's take it for granted. It was. Let's take it for granted. Maybe Cain um, made an made an advance on his brother Abel. And Abel rejected him. Let's just pretend that happened. And because of rejection, he murdered. He murdered his brother. This this possibility we don't know. It doesn't say why. It just said he took his brother out in the field. And murdered his brother. Let's just maybe we don't know. We don't know if that was over that. Or, over a woman. Maybe, but sexuality, sexual perversion is a powerful drug. It's a, it's a, it's a demoralizing supernatural possession. It's a demonic possession over the mind. It makes people do stupid things. Have you noticed that people have been doing stupid things because of pornography? Old people behave stupid. I remember um, going to, um, it wasn't Strands, it was used to be a virgin mega store at 14th Street. And I used to go to the comic book sections. You know, obviously that was my addiction superhero mythology and stuff like that. But I'm not going to say I was innocent either of, uh, you know, like any young man, you know, uh, you know, you have friends and they show you things and stuff like that. And, you know, like, like anyone, I'm not going to deny my failures, but this old Orthodox Jewish man, he used to go to the adult section downstairs were the, the photographs and there was a lot of, and I seen him more than once. He would stand in that corner and young people laugh at him because he's looking at a book with uh, pornographic material. This is an Orthodox Jewish man and he just stare at it like, you know, religiously. And that's the thing. Like it says in here about, you know, offering sacrifices, you people who are addicted to it, like I said, when you buy even like you get addicted to uh, your mythological characters, you spend money. Your money is your burnt offerings. Your money is your sacrifices. Your time, your sacrifices, your energy. The same way people spend money on drugs and alcohol. People who are addicted to the, you know, um, you, it becomes a religious ritual. You almost take on a trance. 
what I saw was an old man. I'm talking about my relative now. Be literally almost like, like he was in a trance. And he was offering himself like a sacrifice, like a religious sacrifice to the pagan god of pornography. People who are addicted to this should step back and look at themselves. Do you want to be seen like, like a, 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 a zombie, a, porno, a pornographic addicted zombie? Do you want, imagine if someone caught you doing this in your privacy when you thought you were all alone. The fact that he even made this video show that he wasn't thinking straight. And didn't think that it, it would go out. Think about it. If people saw you doing this, think about all these people who are addicted to child porn. They're not thinking straight. They're not thinking at all. Their minds is in a trance. Remember people like Theodore McCarrick. Remember all these priests who got caught Remember all these, these these stories we heard on the police. You know, people who who are who are into this. It's a it's a demonic possession. And it you know, Jesus came and he offered his body to the to the altar of the cross. His own perfect pure, sinful, a sinless nature, his own pure, he was sinless. He had no sin on him and he took upon himself and he offered himself. We have all been consecrated through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. The problem is, is that the old ritual, the old rite, which was in, in the Old Testament, was a temporary thing because humanity wasn't ready yet. And God was working with humanity's limits, not his own limits, God has no limits, but through humanity's limits. You know, geographical, physically geographical and global and spiritual, humanity wasn't ready yet. But now, now the world, the world that we're in, the world that we're in, this world is more, I think, in danger than ever before. I wish I could talk to my uncle, but he's, you know, I don't know. I mean, I want to, uh, you know, it's my uncle. It's an uncle of mine. I said it. So. It was, it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking and very, very sad. Um, 
it's I want him to know about Jesus Christ. I want him to know about 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 the situation he's in. I mean, I've known about some of his um his um I guess you could say his vices in the past I remember um you know we we moved to another apartment in Brooklyn and he used to occupy that and uh it was an apartment my father got us and there was a closet and I found in the closet uh pornographic magazines I'm well aware that who would belong to. <laughs> this was years, years, years ago. And uh, they were the, let's put it this way, they weren't Playboy, that's for sure. <laughs> but nonetheless, they, they didn't, it didn't make it any better. It was the fact that you could tell what, you know, um, you know, and also at, I remember at the, s the supermarket where my family owned it, he had a, you know, there were s stacks in a corner in a, in a, in a very, very uh, dark place. Let's put it this way, in the basement. It's, um, it's, it's very, very, it grabs hold of you. It grabs hold of the individual, it's like, like a drug, but it also becomes like a religion. You know, it, it, it's destroys the mind. It's demonic and people, people have to step back. And if only they could see themselves and see what it does to them. I've known people, many people, and I'm sure if you could imagine, if someone caught you and saw you, if or you could step back and look at yourself, you would be disgusted. You would be disgusted. That's why I always, a priest one time said, look at yourself. Look how pathetic you could look, how pathetic you could see yourself to see how your behavior is like as though if you can step out of yourself and see yourself would you have any respect for yourself would you want to know someone like yourself if you saw what you were doing saw the attention the energy you were giving it And if you knew other people could see you, or if you could hear how other people talk about you, you would be ashamed. You would, you would probably want to die. If you, if other people saw what you were doing. And if you do feel any shame, that's good. Because then you should also feel repentance. And you want to clean yourself up. 
change the way you behave, change the way you think, change the way your behavior is and want to be something, you know, want God to make you something clean. You want God to sponge that away. That's why it's important that people stop and realize there was even a co there was, I've known coworkers and they behave like nothing but like, you know, you know, you, you were worshiping an altar. Just realize the person in that photograph, the woman in whatever that position or whatever photograph you're, 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 you're admiring the celebrity or whatever, the porn queen or whatever could care. I'm going to say it doesn't give a damn who you are. If you were to die today or got, or you would die of cancer, she's not going to cry or waste any energy thinking about you. To her, you're just another dirty, foul customer who's making a fool of himself. All right, that's how she, that's how the, the so-called your your i your idol your attention, the 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 uh, the one who you waste your energy over, and people have to realize that. People have to realize that men, or if, I'm sure I've heard about women. People have to realize that. And the thing is, it's, it's addictive because it, it's very powerful. The visual image causes a drug in your brain and you don't behave normally. I remember when we used to have those new stands, you know, it's funny, like, you go to these video stores, there would always be a section, right? You want to go, you know, when they used to be DVDs at one time, there would be a section for adults only. I mean, in some places, I mean, yeah, like it's going to stop kids from going in there, right? Seriously. But you, but sometimes you look at the people who go in there. They go in there and you see them it's very few, but still, those, the ones that you do see, you see their behavior. You see their behavior. You see what they're, you know, they're behaving. It's almost like they're going into like their, their instead of the holy of holies to the, the perversion of perversions, basically. And do you think that they really, um, they're not, they're not, they're not thinking how they look in front of people. And the thing is, where, what, where does it lead you? What, how, how, to what extent, to what extent? I mean, if you realize the image you're looking on, what if it's a girl of underage? I mean, look at the story about Hunter Biden. He had child porn on his laptop and the media is not paying attention to it. How sinful Is he? How, how, you know, where, where is it going? How bad and dysfunctional is, is, is possibility of that family? I mean, you have Joe Biden putting his hand on the Bible and on the, with his right hand, which he makes the sign of the cross. He's agrees to make more accessibility to abortion. Right. I mean, think about it. This is serious. This is serious. 
Sexual perversion destroys the person's moral core. It blocks you from realizing right from wrong. All you're thinking about is getting that high and it destroys you. And we have to realize here in the text, Christ came into a world to take away our sins. All right. He is the answer to our, to our problem. He would make us think clearly. He will, he will give us the grace to think clearly, to step back. This is why we need, we need to go back to a Christian society, how we behave, the energy we put ourselves, we put this energy in, you know, destroys us. We need a Christian core. We need, we need a Christian enlightenment, a Christian way of thinking. We need a Christian culture. We need to go back. We are destroying ourselves. We need to realize, we need to realize the things that are bad and, and, and the path are leading us. Sexual morality is, is one of our biggest problems. It's also was the problem in ancient Rome. In Greece, this is why Christ came. But the point point is, God is not forcing us. God is letting us. He he's he's he he's very patient. I mean, here, since the law is only a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very image of them, it can never make perfect those who come to worship by the same sacrifice that they offer continually each year. All right, let's flip it. The same, okay, let's look at the, the perverted side. People keep repeating the same perversion all the time. You see? Okay, when you when you repeat the same perversion, it's like a religious ritual, a, a religious cult, a satanic cult. Pornography is satanic. Okay, and then going on. I mean, that's why basically you have one that's the opposite, which is a, um, once a year. And through that year, it gives people time to repent in the ancient, in the, in the old, in the old covenant. All right, and they otherwise would not have the sacrifices have been ceased to be offered since the worshiper once cleansed. Well, they weren't cleansed, were they? They weren't, they were not cleansed. They keep repeating the same sins, right? And obviously it's a physical, it's also perverted. The fact that, you know, people do this shows that they need help. They need serious help. And now our society is downgrading itself. Look how this whole thing with men taking, uh, uh, wanting to take part in women's sports and then sharing locker rooms, men questioning themselves, whether they are men or women, little boys coming home crying because they don't know what gender they are. Is anybody noticing what's happening here? The human beings 
always are going to worship. If you don't turn from, if you don't worship God, you're going to worship something. Either it's going to be your pagan idols, whether you call them superheroes or something, or you're, you're going to turn to your sick pornography, or you're going to turn to sports, or you're going to turn to politics, or you're going to turn to the stock market, or you're going to turn to alcohol, or you're going to turn to drugs. Guess what? Slowly, you are going to find something if you don't wake up and realize what you're doing. And a lot of times is a combination of everything. We know that. We know that. We know that. And we see, and, 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 and what happens is, it also, there is another thing. Deep in our heart, we demand justice. And it becomes a culture of self-loathing. Now, I was watching something the other day about ancient Rome during the time of Nero. Nero was, had to have been demonically possessed. He killed his wife who was pregnant. He kicked her to death. He wanted to be loved. He thought he could become a god. He was, he was a monster. He was something was mentally wrong with the with the person. And then, because he killed his wife Papea, I think her name was, he took a young man. He was he he went away from Rome. He spent his time on this perverted island. He was running around with a headdress made of horns, and he had the young man. Um, mutilated. He said, make him into a woman. And then he had him, once he mutilated him, he had him dress in women's clothes, making him into uh, a replacement for his wife that he kicked to death. See what I'm saying? Look what's happening in our society. Look what's happening to our society. It's, we are seriously in trouble. You could read, well, you know, I mean, sacrifices, this is one of the reasons why Jesus came. He wants to open our, he, he's opening our minds and our hearts. Christianity changed, changed. The grace of the Holy Spirit made us step back and look at ourselves seriously question ourselves and the Holy Spirit converts us. Christ, the incarnate word came into our world. The divine logos came and walked amongst us and, and, and became the light, the truth of God's understanding. He offered himself as the one sacrifice. Yes, to be holy is also a will, a grace, and is also the will. The will, the will, that's why forgiving people is also a will. You have to use your will. It isn't, it isn't all based on feelings. But we also have to look at ourselves and have remorse and repentance and realize, my God, what have I done to myself? What am I doing to myself? What have I become? It's important that we we come to that enlightenment, come to that conclusion.
I'll talk more about it uh, in another episode. I spent a lot of time. I get, it really, it really broke my heart. It really broke my heart. All right, let's go to the response to the psalm. All right, the Psalm 40, and it's going to quote, uh, this is the Hebrew version. What we heard from sacrifice and offerings you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. That's from the Subduagent. We're going to hear the Hebrew version. Psalm 40. Here am I, Lord, I come to do your will. I waited and waited for the Lord, and he stooped toward me, and he put a new song into my mouth, a hymn to our God. Here am I, Lord, I come to do your will. Sacrifice or abolition you wish not, but ears open to obedience you gave me. Burnt offerings or sin offerings you sought not. Then I said, Behold, I come. Here am I, Lord, I come to do your will. I announced your justice in the vast assembly. I did not restrain my lips, as you, O Lord, know. Your justice I kept not hid within my heart. Faithfulness and your salvation I have spoken of. I have made no secret of your kindness and your truth in the vast assembly. Here am I, Lord, I come to do your will. So, in the Greek version, it says, a body you prepared for me. Well, and the Greeks were very physical people. <laughs> they were very much, they worshiped the body. But at the same time, they didn't know that the body was something sacred. It was a temple. And that's another thing that people have to understand. You have to value yourself and made in the image and likeness of God. But at the same time, for the Jews, is hear and obey. And that's important because we, we Christians, we're both an incarnation people and we're also people of the spirit, the mind, the mind, the heart, and the spirit. And we also have to obey. We have a hard time doing that because we don't live in a society, we live in a society of individuality. And this individuality has also taken on into a, you know, sexual liberation. We call it sexual liberation. You're not sexually liberated. You're sexually enslaved. Okay, we have made a perversion of sex, something that is sacred, that's meant for marriage, that's meant for <clears throat> family, creating a family, creating um, um, for holiness, for a very holy thing. We've taken it and we made it into entertainment. This is how what happens when a culture reaches to the point of decadence. And our culture has reached that point. We don't care about people. We don't care about the dignity of the individual. We don't even, we pretend we care about the dignity of children. We talk about sex trafficking, human trafficking. We talk about the immigrant. We talk about uh, fair wages. We're hypocrites. We're a hypocritical society. We want God just for feel good, but not for a reality. 
We have people who are unhappy, who are confused and mutilating themselves or coming up with all kinds of different letters to genders. And we, and then in return for our so-called liberation and entertainment, we offer our unborn to the altar, to, to, to our altar of, 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 sacrifice whatever perverted pagan god we worship in this in this culture and now look we're slowly we possibly are entering a chastisement you know we need to turn we need to really 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 change this culture but how do you change a culture that does that possibly doesn't want to be saved how do you change a culture that is so that has pushed God completely out of the possibility out of its mind. The other day, Dr. Taylor Marshall, he's been studying early church history. And there is patterns. There is patterns and there's warnings in the past. The present can be repeated. Arianism, Arius, who said that Christ is not God, Christ is just a, a man. That's what Arianism, Arianism said that he may have been accepted as God. Arianism, now we live in a neo-Arian society. We have reduced Christ. We want to emphasize his humanity. And we, we, we want to emphasize the weakness and the frailty of human beings. And we want to coddle it. We live in a neo-Arian society, a new kind of Arianism. Even Pope Francis has embraced it to some extent. A lot of our bishops have embraced it. They don't want Jesus Christ, true God and true man. We can't, we can't handle that. So we have embraced a weaker form of Christ. And so therefore the church has become weaker. We, we, we want a Christ that is only human. And we're not emphasizing virtues that are important. Ambrose, because the emperor at the time committed a massacre in an arena, the emperor was excommunicated. Notice our bishops can't excommunicate anyone. They don't know how. They're afraid to. And a lot of them also happen to be men who are weak. After all, several of their brother bishops have, have been found in, in sinful situations, their sins have been exposed. That which is in the dark will be exposed into the light. That is that which is whispered in the shadows shall be shattered from the rooftops. Our Lord said it himself. Nothing that is, you know, hidden, you know, it will not be hidden. It will be exposed for all to see. We have to realize what we're, what we're in here. And we have to, we have to be prepared. We have to really, I mean, in the, in the Psalm, it says an open ear you gave me burnt offerings, sin offerings. You have sought not behold. I have come to do your will. It's the will. It's the will focus on your will. Forget about your feelings. Your feelings come last, but after you have clearly understood after we have all clearly understood all of us have to clearly understand what is going on understand listen hear obey understand 
when everything has been made clear and we we finally forced our will to do which is right and fight against the sinful temptations in us, then our joy will be in, in, in God, in praising God, that we have done the will. We have fought against our sinfulness. That's what's important. All right, let's go to the gospel. All right, so now we come into the gospel. Alleluia, alleluia. Blessed are you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You have revealed to the little ones the mysteries of the kingdom. Alleluia, alleluia. Uh, St. Mark's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 31 to 35. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Glory, glory to you, Lord. The mother of Jesus and his brothers arrived at the house. Standing outside, they sent word to Jesus and called him. A crowd seated around told him, Your mother and your brothers and your sisters are outside asking for you. But he said to them in reply, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking around at those seated in the circle, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers, who for whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Read it one more time. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. The mother of Jesus and his brothers arrived at the house. Standing outside, they sent word to Jesus and called him. A crowd seated around him told him, Your mother and your brothers and your sisters are outside asking for you. But he said to them in reply, Who are my mother and my brothers and my my mother and my brothers? And looking around at those seated at the circle in the circle, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now the the importance of it, I guess, maybe how do I how do I connect this to what I'm trying to say? I mean, we don't really have much of a Christian community anymore either. You know, it's sad. I think a lot of people are suffering from um, loneliness and isolation, and which makes them susceptible to the sins that our society has. Um, keeps promoting the commercialism of pornography, making it accessible now that we have phones like my phone and computers and internet um, and um, Amazon, YouTube, whatever apps there are out there that make it accessible to uh, destroy people with images you know, you go on a subway, you see an ad, you, uh, you know, the imagination. We're a very visual society more than ever before. Video is king and images rules is queen. And the, um, the, uh, they're hunting for the, for the power of your imagination the power of the visual image in your mind that burns and 
attracts your 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 senses your visual senses and that's 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 the thing we're not a society now that's very literate i mean i have friends that uh don't have an attention span to read you know even i myself have to be careful because you know i grew up as an illustrator i mean i i wanted to become an illustrator i was you know went to school not successful i've i've come to the conclusion now realizing i'm never going to succeed in that now it's changed completely it's you know basically and i realize i have um i really i really wish i would have gone for maybe maybe i should have gone to media maybe in, in television or something or maybe i love history that could have been another one but you got to realize you also have to make a living and um uh, History is a dime a dozen. And I didn't have that kind of support. I didn't have that kind of environment where I encouraged. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't grow up in a Catholic home. My father was a Muslim, but he wasn't a practicing Muslim. A lot of my family members, they're not practicing Muslim. They're culturally Muslim. They're not practicing Muslim. But the point is, my mother herself is Christian. You know, she... She didn't grow up in a devout home either. But the point is, is that this is who I am now. I am a Catholic. I'm a devout Catholic. I I pray. I'm not perfect. I'm not a saint. But I do believe there's a lot of times, you know, I pray and I pray a lot. I don't pray perfectly. You know, trust me, I even I have days where it gets overwhelming and sometimes I'm overwhelmed maybe, you know, by what's going on or what's happening at work or I didn't get a good night's sleep or, you know, my uh, the thorn to my side upstairs, my neighbor who um, doesn't care about his fellow neighbors and likes to blast his music. That's another thing you see right there that shows us someone who's not at peace. You know, they, you know, people listen to things because they want to block things from their heads. Different people have different ways of suffering. And even I, I'm beginning to despise the whole, uh, you know, you grow up. And like Paul says, you put away childish things. You put away childish things. There is no point anymore to these, to these, to these images. Once at some point you grow up, they're not yours. They're not, they're not per, what you call fantastic literary, um, something like Tolkien's writings have substance. These things like the comic book, they're constantly, constantly revamped because they're a market they're a market and they will always contradict whatever they are it's a market you have to look at literal a substance that actually gives uh, feeds the mind tolkien meant his writings to be something that um helps the person grow helps the person grow 
you know, just like the writings of crimes, crime and punishment, um, um, the possessed, uh, the idiot, uh, these, the, the literary books, uh, Charles Dickens literary books, uh, Christmas Carol. A lot of these things are meant to help a person grow. I mean, like there's that fantastic line in uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein where the creature is saying to the to the doctor to uh, Victor Frankenstein, uh, if I cannot inspire love, I will inspire fear or hate, something like that. That shows a desperation for a soul who needs to be loved and is living in the world that denies him love. Now, it's it's not just, he's not talking about his feelings. He's not talking about romantic love. He's not talking about sexual love. He's talking about love to be recognized that he, you know, he's, he's a creature who can think and he could, he could, you know, he could do good and he could do evil. He recognizes his actions and his behaviors have consequences, but he's being denied the dignity because he realizes what he, what, how he was created, how he was made. Now, Victor Frankenstein might have put him together from bo body parts, but who, but did Victor Frankenstein give him a will? Did he give him a mind? Did he give him, where did this sense of right and wrong come from? It didn't come from Frankenstein. It came from God. The right to do, you know, to, the, 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 the will to choose right and wrong to do, to, to, uh, to save a life and to take a life, you know, to do harm and to do good comes from God. So that part Frankenstein could never give him. So, you know, that's, that's the thing you have to look at when you read a story like this. And Mary Shelley herself understands that she's, she's putting these things into question, into light. And this is something that's important. So Jesus himself, when he says, those who do my will are my brothers and sisters. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's telling us, you have to do the will of God. You know, it's all here. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. So we have to fight against our senses. We have to fight against our weaknesses, the imagination that, you know, that can easily be captivated by the images around us. You know how people struggle. They talk about weight gain, how I'm having trouble, you know, losing weight. We live in a society where we have, we, you know, we don't practice the will. We love weakness. Our society loves weakness to drugs, weakness to food, weakness to, uh, to sexuality, weakness, uh, to, you know, you see how they try to pressure you. You got to buy this. You got to buy that. All these things, weakness for, you know, for not fighting for the right to, you know, to, to have Sundays off, things like that. All these things, we put God aside and we put the need to work and work and work, but we don't have time to morally build ourselves up. 
these are the things. We've given these all these things up and we've destroyed each generation. And we allowed, and then we look for things like to distract us. S perverted things on TV, bad movies, bad jokes, bad performances, um, sports, um, you know, pornography. All these things are meant to hold us down. We are captive to a very commercial, market-driven society. You are the product, they say. That, you know, really, our information, everything. They look at everything you do. They see the stuff you look at. They know your habits. They're constantly putting habits. They, they, on one end, they probably can see someone can look at religious stuff, and someone can look at, uh, uh, you know, a very sexy model on the other end, and they see, they see your nature, and so they do a calculation. The minute you look at a product, before you know it, that product appears over and over again on your phone. That's what I'm saying. Be aware. You are a target. You're, 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 you're constantly being watched. You're constantly being watched. They know this. And so they make calculations politically. Trust me, they probably can see how all, all my political views on there. And they see all my Catholic views on there. But look, but slowly you gotta, you gotta watch yourself. You gotta be careful of what, you know, what, what you give your time to, what you give your time to says it says everything about who we are. Pay, put more time to prayer. Put more time, carry a small pocket Bible with you, a small New Testament with Psalms. Carry a small prayer book. Don't be afraid to pray the rosary. Listen to an audio of the Bible or some spiritual thing, you know, spiritual writing, like St. Paul's Confessions. You know, learn, you know, you know, each, the more you pray, the more you're going to grow and stay away from looking things that waste your time on the phone. Be careful of these images, put a block on them. All right, let's just uh, end it with an Our Father and a Hail Mary and say a prayer for me. And, uh, well, I'm praying for my, uh, my relative. I really am. I'm heartbroken. And I'm very sad. I feel bad for his kids. I do. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan 
and all evil spirits who prowl the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God bless. We'll be back together again soon.